Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast with Cribs. Before we get into our next guest, I just want to remind you that if you are looking for an investment property, looking for the next high growth market and want to know how to secure that good quality asset, you need to talk to me and the team. We are looking across the whole Australian Eastern Seaboard, only work with the best developers in the industry, can help you secure that asset, do the cash flows, have a good understanding about where you're going to find that growth. So ultimately, secure that investment and keep on building that fantastic portfolio to achieve the long-term dreams. Reach out to the team, have a chat to me, and let's get into this next show. Hey guys, Dominic Nesha here, and today we are with James Slattery. Man, thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. I've known this guy for a very, very long time. We've worked together on a number of different deals. Um, we met together, we're in a past life. He now works at Mortgage Choice, runs his own office. He's built a beautiful office over in Glebe. Yeah. Nice work there, like integrated with the cafe. Yeah. But um, mate, I know that you're an amazing um, broker. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got some mutual clients. Can you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you come from, some of yeah. your life? So probably start from Army. Yeah. It was probably, probably the most significant thing before. So I was a soldier for a while, a um, fair bit of time in Iraq. After that, I uh, became a real estate agent. That's probably been the best compliment to what I do now. Um, between that, I ran a few businesses. Not all of them went so well, but all learning uh, curves. And yep. then into the, the mortgage game now. I actually got made redundant at Christmas one year. And uh, my mentor said to me, I said, well, what do I do? <laughs> and he, my mentor said to me, um, I think mortgage broker. Because he said, you've already got the knowledge in real estate. You earn trust and loyalty quickly. So, um, yeah, gave it a shot and jumped into uh, Mortgage Choice as a franchise. Um, the reason why was the great support of Mortgage Choice. Um, the learning capability from the start is, is fantastic. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, good franchise to be a part of. Yeah, man, you've been around for a while and you've taken some hits. So you've seen both the ups and the downs, which yeah. is absolutely vital when you're working with clients. Yeah. Um, so I want to just talk to you about some fundamentals yep. because a lot of the viewers out there um, get lost in all the lingo and jargon that yeah, people yeah. just throw around. Acronyms. Acronyms. And some of them get scared to even come and talk to a broker because there's a lot of misconceptions and they're just, first and foremost, you can just reach out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very simple. And there's no such thing as a stupid question. Yeah. Like at all. So let me just touch on one of the, one of the fundamental things. Tell us a little bit about what's principle and interest. And what's the difference between that and an interest only? Sure, sure. So when you've got a loan, there's an interest rate and you'll be charged that and that's, a, that's that repayment for the month. And then the principal portion of it is paying down the loan. So for someone that's buying an owner-occupied property or even invest property and the goal is to pay the loan off and pay that loan outright, principal interest is, is the way to go. Um, when it comes to interest only, that means that you might have a lesser monthly repayment because you're only paying the interest portion. You're not paying the principal part. Um, th that is is that can be used to minimise monthly costs. Um, it's quite common when people buy in investment properties for taxation purposes because you can claim the tax on the interest repayments. Um, yeah, and and, and it's it, I mean it's it's either or. These days, the principal and interest um, option is going to get you a lesser, a lower interest rate. Sorry, um, and the, the yeah going to be a little bit higher with the interest rate. So tell me, when a client's applying for a loan, does a bank look more or less favourably on principal and interest yeah. or interest only? And right. Can I just choose to get one or the other or yeah. is it help you to get a loan if you go one way or... Well, a big thing at the moment is, is age. So like if you're 
you know, 45 and you just look at what you're showing, you're really going to have to, as a broker, <coughs> put it in your notes and explain the reasons why um, because the, the bank's not seeing you pay down the loan. Okay. So the loan term is, is, is just sitting there as it is. So, yeah, it's, it, it is a big thing. You need to explain why as part of doing your loan application. Okay, so it is case by case. You can yeah. go P&I or you can go interest only. Yeah. It's, it's fit for purpose. Yeah. Well, for example, I just refinanced a couple in um, Glebe, white-collar workers, high earners. Um, they've got a, a property and they live with their grown-up daughter. She's just finishing university. Um, she'll be finished in two years. So their loan was they wanted interest only for two years just to minimise the cost, the holding costs. Um, then the daughter's going to move out and they're going to downsize. That Put it through HSBC, boom, through like butter. Okay. This is the way you explained it. There's, there's nothing dodgy about the way you're explaining it. It's just a plain story. Show all the evidence and, yeah, it's okay. And it's accepted. And they were in their 50s. Let me ask you, because we've prepared some questions, but I want to ask you something while you just said that. Yeah. You said you took your client to HSBC. Yes. Are you noticing that there's a growing market of people moving away from the big four banks and using... Not the HSP's a second tier lender, but but non bank lenders. Something I've personally noticed is, I think for a while the big four could be they were everyone just go to them, so they didn't have to really try. They had the cashbacks for refinances and shit like that. But I mean, I know now these days, and this is not to badmouth anyone, but a couple of the big fours are a bit of a pain in the bum. And I know the smaller ones like ING, Bank West, HSP, they're really stepping up their game, um, which it's, I'm I'm loving working with them. Moment, um, for example, had a client go that I had done the refinance for a while ago. Wanted to do a, another loan and went direct to HSBC, and they actually directed them back to me, which is massive for a broker because it's not them stealing the business. Okay, so it's protecting your interests and the client, and they're respecting brokers in the industry, which is um really good. Okay, I wanted to ask you that question. Yeah. So another thing, we're going back to some terminology. Sure. Can you tell us the differences between going uh, on a variable rate versus a fixed rate? Yep. And when you might want to use one or another. Sure, sure. So variable rate, um, you're going to get, the, it's, you've got your monthly repayments. Now, if the rate goes up, your rate goes up. If it goes down, your rate goes down. That's your risk. Um, in this day and age, nothing's going up very quickly. Most stuff's coming down. So you're pretty safe to be in a variable um, loan. Um, and, you, and you're going to have you know, low interest rates. Now, fixed is fantastic for just that peace of mind. You can also get some brilliant rates. I've gotten 2.79 fixed for two years there, though, just from the recent drop, which is massive. I mean, we're under three. So um, for that, you've got peace of mind that you know exactly that your repayment's 2800 a month. It ain't going to change. Now, the thing with the fixed is, say it's fixed for two years. Once you hit that two years, it goes straight back to the standard variable, which can be quite high. So that's where it takes a broker to have your reminder in the calendar three months before, hey, guys, do you want to refinance? Let's change it. Let's do this and that rather than getting hit with the standard variable rate. So this is where a broker really starts to sort of earn their stripes. Earn the what, trail, yeah. yeah. One, one, you're doing the loan up front. Yeah. But then recommending whether you go interest only um, and a fixed rate or yep. going P&I and a variable. Yeah. And structuring the finance in a way that makes sense for the client's needs yep. and suit their lifestyle. Hundred percent. Like it all starts. I've just. I mean, I've been in sales. You know, I've, all, I've had three different other businesses that had nothing to do with each other, and everything's a needs analysis. So it's just fine. I mean, they might not know what fixed and variable and all that is and how it's going to affect them, but it's just finding out what their needs are. So if they're very price conscious, you know, fixed might be cool for a couple. Um, if they're older, maybe you don't want to do fixed because then you've got to do re refinance again and maybe you, 
the lending agreement is going to change and they might not get in. So it's just a needs analysis and making it match that client. Okay, so t- yeah, a needs analysis and understanding what, what's going to happen yeah, in their life. what's important to them, yeah. Okay, I'm going to fire another question out. I'm yep. asking now, it's started with some easy ones. Yep. I want to ask you something a little bit harder. So a lot of the clients that are listening, people that have tuned in, um, they may have already purchased a property in the past off the plan. Yep. Um, three years ago, you could have bought some stuff and got some really good growth off the plan. Yep. Like you would have bought it at, at 500000 and come back at you know, six hundred. dollars yep. Not that extravagant, but you there's know, some, gone there's up. some. Um, more recently... There's been people that have bought stuff in Brizzy or Melbourne or, you know, even Sydney. Yeah. I hate to say it. Yeah. <laughs> where, where they're buying stuff and the valuation's coming short. Yeah. What does that mean for them? Um, how do you kind of mitigate that risk and how? what are their choices? Yeah. So purchase something off the plan. It's now settlement time. It's come under, under vow. It's come under money. Yeah. Tell us about your experiences and how we can do something. So like this has happened a lot. Even to me, I mean, when I first started, because from being from a real estate background and still learning the mortgage game, I did a lot of sales. So I think the first year I did 13 property sales, which was a lot for what brokers normally do. That's what kept me going financially. Um, And then obviously all those have been settling in the last 24 months. And some of them are not settling. So the ones that are coming under, and I wrote down a couple of stats, and these are not to scare people, it's just to get specifics. In February 2019 alone, 45% of Sydney and Melbourne apartments were valued under their purchase price compared to only 18% the year before. Wow. And Melbourne was 46%. So there's a big difference. Um, And I wrote down a couple of solutions for when your vow does come in low. I recently had one come in 75 grand under. It was the second time I'd written the loan, and then the client ended up going behind my back to another lender get it done because the developer banned the valuation company from the site uh, because of all the low vows. Uh, that's hilarious. So there's, so there's a lot, it's a lot of problem solving. So I've written down a couple of things just so we make sure everyone has a solution. Uh, if it's not a big shortfall, I say try and hit up family and friends. So stump yeah. up the cash. If it's 10 or 20 grand and it's manageable and you can pay them back, probably the quickest, easiest way to get it done. Um, you can request a, a, a different valuation company, which that story I just told... I did, but the lender that I was talking to only dealt with them. They wouldn't allow me to change. Um, I did warn out the client to ask for a different valuation company because the lender he went to also used them, and the, that uh, lender let them use a different company, and it came in on price straight away. Okay, so just to clarify, that means that if you're going for a loan and you're using Westpac, yep. Westpac, Westpac might have their own panel of valuers. Yeah, they might use Heron Todd White, and that's it. Okay, so then your broker would have to recommend using a different bank or a different... Yep. So you can ask Westpac, hey guys, the value comes is coming majorly low, can we get another valuation? Some will say no, some might say yes. Most just take first value. So if you're quick enough, which, which I've done a few times recently, switch lenders and get an upfront valuation as fast as you can. I mean, like clear the schedule and go, all right, we're going from this lender to this lender, book in the vow. You might even have to do that two times. Okay, so basically you need to have a broker or someone on your side that understands the different valuers that banks use yeah. and can respond fast enough yeah. to the circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So I actually went back to one of the research companies that had sold this property to the client and I said, show me all the vows. And all the ones that we were with were all under and all these other ones were on. So I found a lender that used that as a valuation. And, and valuers, and, and no offence to any valuers that are listening out there, but I've had some interesting experiences you know, value is like everyone else a human. And if they're having a shitty day, 
and they come to your property and yeah. it's a shitty day, yeah. guess what? Yeah. You're going to get a shitty valuation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say it's, it depends on what mood they're in. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Or if they're in a good mood, then guess what? You're going to get a really good valuation. So when you are purchasing off the plan, this is something that I've noticed, don't get so emotionally strung up with what the valuer says on the day because it's more or less an opinion and they're um, going to err on the side of safety. Yes. And you don't know what's going on. Like... When my one came in seventy five grand under, I was like, I, like it was, it was, it was the biggest drop out of all of them. Now the developer and them hated each other, but I okay. didn't know that, so I was, you know, stumped at why that happened. But as soon as we moved on to other valuers, straight in on price. So that's and that's opinion. Come yeah. seventy five grand off, and the property's worth five seventy five forty five. That's a big, huge, difference. huge. I mean, I mean, the client was freaking out. Yeah, you know, and so a big part of. Being a broker as well is, is you're almost psychologist sometimes, keeping people calm, you know. But you've got to look that you're confident. I mean, if you didn't have these points and they come back to you and you say, I don't know, that's bad. You've got to have, have, have these options. Have a seasoned veteran on your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Someone even, that's gone to war. Yeah, and even if, even if you're a broker and you don't know what to do, don't say that. Just say, or oh, I'll get back to you and go and ask someone else that's experienced. Yeah. Because that's how I've made my way through a lot of things when I started out and not knowing what to do. Yeah. Um, the other thing I've written down is ask a solicitor if there's a way out of the contract. Um, or try and sell it before it, it, it um, settles. Okay. So there are options, good. but I mean, obviously, you've you've put your deposit in, you've held onto it for that time. You want the growth. The goal is to get the property. So, the first first three are probably the best ones. Let me add something to this list as well. Sometimes, if you're working with a, an agent or the broker, whoever's uh, referred you to go and buy that property, you can actually go back to the developer and talk to them and say, "Hey, listen, this property's come under market value." Um, help me out. And the developer doesn't want to take your deposit more often than not. They're in the business of selling apartments. And if you tell them that the properties come under value, they may actually come forward and give you some money to bridge that gap. Um, it just depends on the relationship you have with them, how reputable they are. Are they a bit dodgy and shady? Then they're probably not going to do that. But if yeah. you're a highly reputable business, yeah, yeah. one, it's probably not going to come under value. But yeah. if it does, they'll come and help you out. Yeah. Okay, so I've got another bit more of a tough question for yeah. you. Um, and you kind of almost added it. Have you seen people talk about oversupply, oversupply? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that that's one of the main reasons why you know Melbourne or some of these developments have been hit because there's been so many apartments that came to the market? Or yeah, I think it's like it's a big question, yeah. <laughs> and I'm probably not that much into the property side of things to answer it very accurately. Um, one thing I did jot down was I think oversupply is, is affecting rents more than valuations. That's interesting. And I think that with when I looked at, at, at developments that were approved and in the pipeline, they've gone right down, but population growth isn't. So it's a short-term problem. Short-term problem. A couple problem. of years, will be, it'll be okay. You know, I mean, it's just every, it's just the thing, ride, ride the fucking storm. Yeah. You get through, I'll keep your hat on, you'll be all right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'll that, add to that because you're right. Um, sentiment has come back. Valuation, I mean, developers are putting their stock onto the market. Yeah. There's way less approvals. Yeah. There's way less being built. We're yeah. going to have that systemic issue come into the future. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you said that the oversupply in stock has affected the rent more than anything else. Yeah. Because if you do have a whole bunch of units yeah. come online, then it's harder to rent that property out. Exactly. That, that affects your cash flow. Yep. Mate, we've hit some pretty big <laughs> issues here. I yeah. asked you the curly question. We started off easy. We went to the harder stuff. I just I wanted to address the big things like valuations, what happens if it comes short, just yeah. because 
they're the things that happen and they're, they're the times that you want a seasoned vet on your side. Um, you know, if you're going to go and jump into the property market and you're going to go and get some finance, it really does pay to go and work or talk to a broker just because they have a, a far sight on what's happening in the market. Yeah. And if you're going to go work with someone that talks in property, um, make sure they own some property. Yeah. Or tried to buy it. Yeah. Or have taken some hits in the past because yeah. like you, you've, you've, Taking some hits and you've weathered oh, yeah. some storms. I, I personally bought a property off the plan in 2016, and um, we got to what was it end of 2017. I decided to open a shop front and uh, did the fit out on that until May 2018, and then the market well, for home loans just fucking dived off a cliff. And with all the extra money it cost me getting through the council to get my shop open, my servicing didn't. I couldn't service the the loan when I, when it came to settlement time. Um, so I tried to sell it. And the market wasn't doing flash. I ended up losing $45,000 deposit. So I know all about what to look out for and what to be careful for and all that stuff firsthand and from other clients as so well. So you've had to bite the bullet. Yeah. And it, I mean, the thing that was shit is there's not really a lesson to be learned from that, um, except for that sometimes the market does control things um, and everything happens for a reason. You kind of just got to smile and keep on going. <laughs> and <clears throat> having taken a hit like that, has that dissuaded you from buying property? No, I think it's, um, it, it, it really, there was, it was nothing to do with the property or anything. It was just me, you know, the, it was just not knowing the market was going to change and it did. And, you know, time and circumstance. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing, nothing that anyone really did wrong. And then, and then trying to sell it in time, it was just not the right time to sell the property. Mm. So anyway, um, not much of a lesson to be learnt, but you've got to keep on going sometimes. Keep on chugging. Yeah. So, mate, have you got any passing thoughts or anything that you sort of want to throw on to the viewers or listeners yeah, that are out there? Yeah, so with, if, you buy, so if, you, if you've already bought the property uh, off the plan, um, jot down those ideas for when the vow comes in. Try and get the vow done as soon as possible um, when it comes time. Um, now, if you're looking at buying now, I would say always try and get a finance clause at it. Um, that's a massive safety net. So, if what, what do you mean by finance clause? So, finance clause can be added to a contract. Um, I know when I've talked with some of the guys, some of the research companies, they're starting to ask the developers if they can add that to their contracts. Just means that let's say I buy this property for five hundred thousand uh, off the plan, and it's settling in September, and our valuation comes in one hundred fifty grand sure, and I don't get my home loan because I can't afford it. You get, it out, get out of the contract, you get your deposit back. Okay, so finance clause is if you go to buy the property and you can't get finance, the developer will let you off the hook for buying the property. Yeah, so that's a massive safety thing at the moment. Um, if a developer is confident enough with their properties and the valuation is coming in on price, they will not have a drama of putting that in their uh, contract, generally speaking. Um, if they do, maybe, unless you're that confident, I would, um, yeah. Maybe, Ask maybe some other questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, we've already touched on the, the other stuff, but yeah, just get a finance clause. Okay. It's just, a, it's a nice thing to do. Yeah, look, if you can go and get it, I, I know that there's a lot of developers that are probably watching this and saying, screw you, James. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but you're right. Look, we're going to, it's all about mitigating risk and doing yeah. the best you can before you go and buy these properties and go eyes wide open. Mate, thank you very much for Thanks, your time Tom. today. Appreciate it. We'll have to catch you on again. Cheers. Stay tuned.